Father, we thank you for Anne and we thank you for the word that you've given her today, Lord. We thank you for that time that the two of you have spent together preparing for today. Lord, we pray that you will just come by the power of your Holy Spirit and just anoint her now and help her to speak the words that you would have her say. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Now let's try. Ah, I did it before they got here. Okay. Oakley, it's always wonderful to be here. Um, John and I feel really blessed every time we come and join with you. Um, there's just such a wonderful atmosphere of God here at work. We love the prayer meeting before this. I, don't, I mean, half of you are at it, but the ones who don't make it, just give it a try, because honestly, it's hot. And, um, you know, I'd be here every week. And I love the stories that you all tell, because God is at work amongst you. And that's so exciting for us. And um, we just love worshipping with you. So thank you for having us here. Um, and I have a word which I've been praying about for the last three um, weeks that I really believe the Lord wants to bring you. It's a word, just as uh, Tony said, thank you for the word that God's given me. He gave me a word. One word. That's not going to take very long, uh, but I can sort of fluff it out a bit. Uh, but before I do that, I really felt that actually the Lord is already speaking to you in and through the prayer meeting as you're praying here. And so I just want to confirm that first, because that's what the Lord is already doing, I think. And I think this is a word for this time, by which I mean probably over the next month or so, maybe over the summer. And um, is it Shalene? Can you do, I know I'm jumping this on you, but you had a word in the prayer meeting. You had a picture. Can you just come up and share it with everybody? Because I believe this is actually at the base of something that the Lord is saying to you all here. What was your picture? It was a picture of a bubbling um, brook, and um, it was a metaphor for the church. Can and you? God was saying, is that on? Um, is that on too? Give that a go. Hi. Um, so this morning there was a picture of a very, um, bub a very active, springy, bubbling brook. So what I mean by that is um, it was sort of jumping over stones and little sprays of white water, and it was very clear and really beautiful. And the picture was um, of this church, and God was saying very specifically that we are a very enthusiastic, happy kind of generally in a good, healthy space, brook kind of doing its thing. Um, but what he said specifically, and he showed me the picture of how the brook then moves to a, um, a kind of a, a slower meander and then eventually becomes this really still, clear, um, very, very still pool. And what he said is that um, he knows, I mean, you know the scripture, but he's just reminding us all that he knows what we 
need to pray for before we pray and what we even are going to pray for before we pray. And what he said specifically is that sometimes we're very animated and we speak a lot and we babble, but like a bubbling brook. And what the picture was specifically was that there was no judgment or, you know, he wasn't sort of saying that's a bad thing, but he was just saying that sometimes we do that out of our excitement and our exuberance and we need to just quiet down. And he was specifically saying that we need to actually watch our mouths and watch our um, babbling and that we should be more like that still quiet brook at this time. I don't know if it's a long time or whatever, or maybe it's always, but it was really just about being still and quiet and listening to him, really he's wanting to speak. Um, and that's... Thank you, Shaleen. Thank you. Do I turn this off now? <coughs> hope it's not going to... Perhaps I can just give you a testimony, because I think what the Lord is saying to you is this. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And some of you are, have really got issues that you are um, puzzled by and that you're having to pray about. And you're praying and praying and really needing to see God break through. How many of you are really praying about a particular issue? Uh, I'm not going to ask you what it is, but put your hand up if you've really got... Okay, this is particularly a word for you. I think the Lord is saying, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And what Shalene, is it Shalene? Um, her picture is of the babbling brook becoming a still pool. You know what it is to pray. You know what it is to worship. You know what it is to just sit in the Lord's presence, if I can put it like that. Do it. And um, you will see the Lord answering things. So here's my little testimony, um, because I'm experiencing that too, and I just feel that's what the Lord's doing over this area. Um, John and I organized a street party for our street. When was it, two weeks ago now? Did you have, or last week? Oh, gosh, time goes fast. Um, last week, 40 houses in our street, and we were going to have a great time, bunting and food and all the rest of it. The thing that was really um, bugging me was that I knew that out of these 40 houses, there were some of our neighbours, and I mean, they're all lovely neighbours, I love them all, but there were some who were not speaking to each other because they'd fallen out. It's always the same thing, isn't it? I mean, we fall out with neighbours over extensions to our houses, parking spaces, um, stuff, noise, and, you know, it was all those sort of things. But there were some neighbours who hadn't spoken to each other for probably 15 years. And I was praying something like this, Lord, I really want these people to come, but I just want them to enjoy the peace and joy of being together. And... Um, I just want you to break through in these, this impasse that we've got with some of our neighbours. Lord, give me a word of wisdom. Have you ever had words of wisdom? And you know it will break through. So give me wisdom. Nothing. I mean, give me an idea of what to do, Lord. Nothing much. Okay, Lord, please, please bring peace to my neighbours. So all you can do is just carry on with what you're going to do. So we had the uh, street party. 
halfway through the street, and they all came. And we actually we had a great time. Uh, you know, all the tables up the road and that, everything like you do. Halfway through the street party, I noticed that four teenagers had got their chairs and were all sitting in a little group talking. They were the teenagers from these two, two of these family groups. I thought, wow, Lord, maybe that's the way you're going to go through. It's through the young people. I think he was, actually. Because later on, when we'd all finished and we were packing up and taking our chairs home and everything, I noticed that the two households, two of the households I'd been praying for, had just got their tables and chairs together, and they just carried on chatting like they'd been old friends. And nothing had happened. And they were outside our house, so I could hear them. They went on to about 10 o'clock, didn't they? 10.30, my husband says. I mean, you know, normally I would think, who is that chatting outside my house? As it was, I was going, thank you, Lord, you answer prayer, you've done it. I don't know how you've done it, Lord, because I just stood still, did my bit, and there's the salvation of the Lord. That's a very long-winded story, but I wanted to um, illustrate for you that I think your prayers are being heard. If you are struggling with an issue, just keep praying Keep worshipping, keep in the presence of the Lord, because I think you are going to see the Lord do it without even you having to be awfully clever and supernatural even. It's good news, isn't it? I say we're we're all learning this. Okay, now, for my one word that I want to share with you, and I'm going to make this into a bit of a game, because, you see, you've got a blank. So you are going to guess what the word is. And I'm going to give you three pictures. Uh, You can talk to your neighbours and you can shout out to me what you think we're going to be talking about. And the reason I'm doing this is this. Because if I put the word up here, I think you'd all go, oh, that sounds a bit boring. Oh, I've heard that. That's not for me. And I don't want you to do any of that because I really believe that the Lord gave me this word because he wants to reclaim it. And he wants to put it into our lives because it's something good and solid and it's a way forward, particularly in these days. And we'll talk about that in a moment. So here's the first picture. Oh, I should do it on here. Sorry. Okay. What do you think we might be talking about? Plowing? No. Laboring? Oh, I'm getting theological now, or farming, I'm not sure. Okay, I'll give you another picture. You're all doing quite well. I'm not going to tell you when it's right. Here's the next picture. Oneness over here, just in case you can't hear each other. Joining. Unity. Here's another picture. This is my favourite picture. (laughs) I can't afford it, but, you know. Fellowship. 
Okay, we're getting there. Well done. Now I'm going to give you a reading. And I want you to read it through with me because uh, the Lord said to me when I said, what, what am I going to bring to Oakley? So read the beginning of Philippians. And uh, here it is. No, it's not. Thank you. Oh, ooh, the Lord just wants us to be in John Lewis. That would be fun. No. Can someone help me? Can you put it on to the next one, maybe? What would you buy? Here we are. Nope. Oh, it's crashed. Oh, okay. In that case, you're going to have to listen to... Oh, no, here we are. Okay. Can you read it with me? It's from the beginning of Philippians, okay? Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So the word is partnership. Did you notice it there? There are actually two partnerships there. Can somebody notice the other one? Ah, Paul and Timothy. Interesting. We always talk about it as Paul's letter to the Philippians. Paul thought about it as a partnership. He was a partner with Timothy. So just think back to those uh, pictures. You've got the two oxen yoked together in partnership. Um, They sort of have to pull that thing. Apparently, uh, you don't always have oxen of equal strength. You can have a new ox, whatever that's called, and an old ox together, because the old ox will teach the young one what, what, how to do it. And then you can also have a halfway there ox with a really strong ox, because he can make him go faster. Marriage, we all know about partnership in marriage, except I don't know that we always did see it as a partnership. If you go back through history, marriage has been seen as a man and his sidekick. Not actually a partnership of equals. And then the Bible says, don't be unequally yoked. It's the picture of the oxen again. And what that means is, and this is, a, this is going to come up in a moment, Uh, that you could find your pulling with somebody who's not pulling the same weight as you because of their lack of spiritual understanding, because of their lack of understanding of salvation. 
Make sure you get, this is particularly a word to those of you who are teenagers, maybe, who might be here, or younger. Make sure you marry someone who's pulling in the same direction as you, spiritually. I'll tell you why. Hang on, and you'll find out why. John Lewis, partnership. Uh, I don't know if any of you have ever worked for John Lewis. But, oh, you have. Oh, Long time ago. Uh, our daughter did a holiday job for John Lewis for several summers, I think. Um, and the one thing about John Lewis, they make everybody a partner, don't they? Again, from the boardroom down to the shop floor, you can be a partner, probably on different pay levels. But there's a certain dignity that comes from everybody being partners. but we think of it as a sort of legal thing or a paper thing. And this is where I think the Lord wants us to reclaim partnership because we sort of think of it as a heavy, clunky word that isn't really for me or it's something for John Lewis and, you know, it's a paper legal thing or, I mean, partnership. With who? And I think part of that is because we live in a culture of which is very individualistic. We all think we are the center of the universe, <laughs> whether we don't say that or not. You know, we are a culture of DIY. I can do it myself. I don't really trust anybody else to do it because actually I can go to YouTube or Google and find out how to do it myself. Uh, I've even heard of people mending their own washing machines that way. You know, uh, if you get sick, you might go to the doctor and he might tell you what he thinks, but I'll go to Google, thank you, and find out what my symptoms look like on Google. We all do it for ourselves, and we can think that we can make a go of it ourselves. We don't need anybody else. And actually, underneath it all, there's a sort of feeling that maturity in our culture means not needing anybody else to help you. And people are being helped. We slightly look down on them. So partnership isn't actually something that in our culture we really rate or value or see the need of. We hope we've grown out of it. And I believe that God wants us to reclaim it for a number of reasons. Now, in this reading, you can see that Paul really valued partnership. He had a partnership with Timothy. That was like a father and a son, spiritually. And Paul also felt that he was in partnership with the church at Philippi. Because he says, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Paul started this church in Philippi with another partner called Silas. They landed up in prison for their pains, but the church started and was born, and the church has been doing more or less, I would say, what Oakley has been doing. Philippi was very like Oakley. And Paul says, 
I really value your partnership in the gospel. And in fact, he says, it fills me with joy. Um, Mike could have been standing here. You had a partnership with Mike, and he loved you and prayed for you and worked with you and saw this thing grow and saw this building take shape and saw all sorts of things happen. He could have been writing this. And now it's as if you are in an in-between stage waiting to form a new partnership with a new leader. You've got a new leader coming in Seb. So understanding what partnership is going to be about is really key, I think, at the moment. Now, let me just um, say, in case you think I'm just talking through my hat, really, and you're all really keen on the Bible. I know that. Partnership is riven through the Bible narrative and the Bible teaching. Is this going to work? Uh, No, it's not. Maybe... Thank you. Okay. Right from the first word, we read partnership in the Bible. So let's go to Genesis 1, and you might get it up in front of you. Genesis 1 says this. In the beginning, God, what? Created heaven and earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. It must have been a funny time. I wouldn't like to have been there. I'd have been a bit frightened. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. That's a sign of hope. And God said, let there be light. In the darkness, that's a sign of comfort. What we have here is a picture of mass creation. But for our purposes today, what we also have is a picture of God in partnership with himself. God the Father creating, the Spirit hovering, and the Son, the Word, speaking. And there's a highly creative and positive picture of God in partnership producing something that we all know is absolutely astounding. Partnership. And then you know the way the story goes on. God creates all the things on earth, and they're very good. And he gets to Adam, and he's good too, but not very good. And the reason he's not very good is because he lacks what God knows he has. God has partnership and Adam didn't. So God created Eve and we have Adam and Eve, the first partnership on earth. And it works for a time until about chapter three. And then Adam and Eve discover that partnership between two is not as good as partnership between three. See, God's partnership is a trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We think we can do partnerships on earth without the third point in our partnership, which has got to be God. 
Partnerships without God are doomed, friends, unless you've learned the wisdom of God and you're just not acknowledging him. So let's move on quickly through the Bible story. We have Abraham. Who could you say Abraham's partner was in carrying out the covenant and promise that God had given him? This is my point about marriage, friends. Yeah. You see, the women haven't always been noticed. Okay, Abraham and Sarah had to do this thing together, otherwise there was never going to be a nation. Moses. We think of Moses as the great man of God, and he was, but he was in partnership all through his life. Can you think of Moses partnered with? Joshua? Aaron? Miriam, yeah, she didn't last long because I think she died. Okay, it's the marriage thing again. Zipporah, who said that? Oh, someone really knows their Bible. Okay, Moses was given a calling by God and he said, I can't do it on my own. See, Moses actually understood partnership was really important and God, knowing partnership was important, said, okay, here's your brother. Brothers and sisters can be really great partners. Moses lands up in the desert. I don't be on my own, Lord. I'd like a wife. He gets a wife. He doesn't understand that his wife needs to understand about a relationship with God, too. So Moses' marriage actually fails. Now, for any of you who have lived through a failed marriage, Here's a point of hope, because Moses goes on to be a great leader under God. He has a failed marriage in his background. And then finally, Joshua, Moses and Joshua. They're like sort of father and son, mentee, mentor, mentee. But it works really well. Okay, let's move on quickly. David, who would you say partnered with? Jonathan. David and Jonathan, you read those stories. Friend. A friend can be a really great partner under God. Let's go into the uh, New Testament. Peter and John. Paul and Silas. Paul and Barnabas. Paul and... Timothy. <laughs> yeah, Paul was great at partnering with all sorts of people. Some partnerships are for a time, for a purpose, and some partnerships are supposed to be for life. Marriage is one of those. That's a partnership. All these, uh, none of you, uh, we, didn't, we didn't really stop on Samson, did we? Samson and Delilah. Delilah. Okay, the partnerships that work in the Bible are the ones that are a trinity. They have God at the head. Samson and Delilah went down fast because Samson got hooked up with Delilah and she was not going to follow God. Godly partnerships. 
What do godly partnerships look like? We've talked about friends, brothers, sisters, fathers, sons, mothers, daughters, we haven't talked about, but those would be good partnerships as well. What do they look like? Because we need to know how to do a good partnership. A good partnership needs to be a trinity with God at the top, but Jesus is the one who models it. Jesus models great partnership. When Jesus first comes onto the scene in his ministry, the first thing he does is looks for somebody to partner with, and he gathers disciples. They weren't just people to make him feel good. They were people he was going to train, a bit like Paul and Timothy. And then he was going to send them out. Two things that I just want to bring to you that Jesus models in his uh, partnership with the disciples. One is he lived it. And he lived sacrifice. We all know that Jesus sacrificed his life on the cross. But actually, Jesus lived a life of sacrifice in partnership. He, first of all, put his disciples first. He was always thinking about them. He was wanting them to do what he could do through the Father. So he sent them out on mission, and they got all the fun. He just sat at home and prayed. Jesus sacrificed a life of ease and comfort and a home and a, a wife. No small thing. Sacrifice is a really important part of partnership. We need to understand that. I live for the other person. I honor the other person. I put their good in front of mine. Whatever partnership we're in, that works really well. And here's the second thing. Jesus taught them all along about love. Love is what good partnership is all about. He loved them. I know I'm loved. I hope you know you're loved by God in heaven. But then he said, you need to be loved so much that that love spills over so that you can love others, not just your family, who you're supposed to love, not just your friends, who you want to love, not just your neighbors, who you probably should love, but also the people who are unlovely, the people who nobody else loves, the people who are different, the people who are marginalized, the people who are not the flavor of the month anymore. Jesus did all of that, and he said, that's what will make us good partners. And here's the third thing that is important about partnership. And partnerships will fail without this. It's purpose. Partnerships have a purpose. They don't just sit there and enjoy a nice sort of bubble of love and we like each other and we're working together for each other. When Jesus said to his first disciples, come and join me, be my partners, he said this, I'm going to make you fishers of men, not fishers of fish anymore. You had one purpose, to fish, fish. Now you're going to have another purpose, to fish men. 
And that's how uh, he said they were going to work together. Now, um, someone give me an idea of when I'm stopping. Now? Are you all still here? Yes. Are you with this? Because I I'm sorry I'm taking so long. Um, I just want to have a bit of a commercial break here because um, I love words. And I looked up where does the word partnership come from? And uh, how do we get this word? And I discover that it comes from the old French. The old French has a word that sounds like this, passonnier. And it's a word that has to do with inheritance. Hold tight, you'll see where I'm going in a minute. In the old French system, when a man died, and of course most people in those days, in the olden days, were farmers, the man had to, well, the farm that he had was divided up between all his children equally. Does that sound like a good idea? Interesting that we're not all sure, because I asked you, is that good or not? Some of you are thinking, well, that's fair. There's a real sense of fairness and equality that's rooted in the French psyche because of this. It's very different from the old English system. The old English system, none of us are brought up under this because we're not that old, but the old English system was like this. A man had land, and when he died, it all went to his eldest son. The daughters were out of it, the second son, the third. The second son went off abroad somewhere. The third son went into the church. I mean, does that sound like a good idea? <laughs> it's the idea that some of us have been brought up with we see it happening a little bit in the royal family. Should the eldest son get it? The throne? Or what about the daughters? Anyway, neither of these two systems were that good in the end. For this reason, the French system was great because it was fair, but actually it divided the land up into smaller and smaller and smaller bits. It actually impoverished the country. France, if you've been there on holiday, is full of tiny little farms. They're sweet, but it's really difficult to make a living from them. In England, we had the, we've still got our great landed estates, and we go and visit the stately homes. Nice. We really have an understanding about the one guy who gets the job. Rooted in our psyche is a real value for a leader. He'll do it. Now, what's this got to do with partnership? The first thing is this. Partnership has got to have a purpose, and the purpose has got to be for the good, otherwise none of us will thrive. We need to form partnerships for good. The French formed partnerships just for justice, and they never worked out how to work together. Well, some of them did. 
Sorry, I'm not against the French. I love the French. And I love their farms too, actually. But uh, they got poorer and poorer instead of working together. See, if when they inherited their farms, they'd said to each other, let's keep this as one and let's all benefit from what we can do with a bigger plot rather than all have our own little bit. When I'm coming onto the church, because this is a church meeting, and we want to know how this relates to us, this is what it means. We've got churches. In this area, how many churches? I don't know. But we're all little plots. Unless we work together, unless we love each other, unless we say, we're going to pray for you that you thrive as well as we want to thrive and grow, the whole thing will get impoverished. Do you hear what I'm saying? And rooted in our psyche is this. Well, mine anyway. (laughs) It's the guy at the front who'll do the job. Where does partnership fit in that? Because you see, what it says in Romans, uh, I think I've jumped on now, but Romans 8, 17, if you can find that verse, this is what it says. We are heirs of God because we're children of God and we're joint heirs with Christ. All of us are equally partners in the inheritance of God like the French system, actually. You'll get it in a moment. Romans 8, 17. We're all heirs. We're all heirs. We're all partners. Oakley, you are about to get a new leader here. You're doing really well now. Don't sit back as soon as the man comes who's going to be up here and you can all think, oh, Right, now, and just forget about doing anything. I know you won't think that. I know you don't really believe that. But what it means is this. We are all heirs, we're all partners in God's economy in the church. You all have a part to play. It may be different from the person sitting next to you, but that's great. In the body, we're all different. Do your part. Continue to do your part. Because if we don't, we get the English system. And it's not a great system either. There are a whole lot of unhappy people in that. And here's the last thing I want to finish with. And maybe we can get this passage back again. This is why God commends partnership to you and me. And we need to be looking around ourselves and thinking, not only which churches can we just partner with so that we can bless the work of God in this area, we need to be thinking, who do I partner with in life? Where are you living? Who do I partner with in my family? How's your marriage going? Who do I partner with in church? Because the prayers of two or three are really important, are really valuable. If we can get that um, passage back from Philippians to finish off with. I don't know about you, when you read this through, did you feel Paul was writing as a bit of an Eeyore? 
those of you who know Winnie the Pooh, were, you know, a bit depressed? Or did you feel he was really happy? Happy. He is joyful. He says, I thank God every time I remember you. I'm praying for you and I pray with joy when I think of you because of your partnership. He is full of joy. That's what partnership does. And here's the interesting thing. Paul was writing from a dark, cold, foodless prison cell. Not the place you and I want to be in. A place of difficulty. A place where he not only thought, this is uncomfortable now, he didn't have any hope of a future either. Because he was probably going to be executed. And yet, he's full of joy. Because of his partnership with the Philippian church, and they were doing the job. If you want joy in your life, find the right partners under God. And remember, God is a trinity. You need to have partnerships where God is part of it. So you're about to, I'm sorry I've gone on for so long. I hope you've been with me. The word I wanted to bring you is partnership, partnership. Value it. Pray for it. Pray for yourselves as you face a new season with a new pastor. In fact, how I, want to, how I thought we might finish was this. I would love to pray for you as a church as you are in this time of sort of preparation before your new pastor comes. And so if you're a member of this church, I hope if you're not a member, you won't feel left out because we're going to carry on afterwards with something else. They'll be singing and stuff. But if you're a member of Oakley and you're looking forward to the new season under Seb and his family, I would love to pray for you. So would you stand up where you are and then what I'm going to suggest is that I pray something and if you believe that and you want that to, every time I make a statement, you say, Amen. Are you with that? So in the presence of God, we just offer ourselves to you, Lord. And if you're sitting down because you're not a member of this church, you're just visiting or you're wondering about it, I want God's blessing on you as well. Will you pray with me for those who are standing here? <clears throat> so, Father God, we thank you for all that you have done in this amazing partnership at Oakley between Oakley and Mike and his family. Amen. Amen. Father God, we want you to bless this new partnership with Seb and his family. Amen. So Lord, we commit as a church to putting you first in every decision and every action. Amen. We lay ourselves down in sacrifice in this new partnership as Jesus did. Amen. We will love everyone who comes through the door and everyone outside the door 
as well as everyone inside the door. We will live out the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, whatever it takes. And Lord, I ask that you bless this church in its new future and its new season. I pray that you would bless this new partnership between the people here and their new pastor. I pray that it would, yeah, you, you keep amening. <laughs> I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would be more and more glorified as the days go on. Amen. 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 And Jesus, I just pray that in these last moments of the service, you would show, show us what it is you want to do. Um, as, um, as we get Joan and the band back up to lead us in a song, I'm going to suggest that there may be some of us who, um, for one reason or another, you are lonely in life or you're lonely in your workplace. You don't feel that you have a partner in your workplace. And God has called you to your workplace, just like John and me are called to our street. We're taking pastoring our street seriously. Okay, you're called to your workplace. I hope you are taking pastoring your workplace or your life place, your street, seriously. But maybe you feel a bit on your own. I think God wants to give you partnership with someone in that. So if you would like someone <clears throat> to pray with you, I want you to be able to come to the front and just for someone in the praying team here, you've got a fantastic praying team, to pray with you that God would give you a partner in your workplace, in your street place, in your school place, in your college place, whatever it is. And maybe it's that you are just, you're missing a partner in life. Come and ask someone to pray if that's right for you, for a godly marriage partner, or a godly friend partner, or a friend who you need because, do you know, God wants us to know joy and not loneliness. Not that sort of depression of just sitting in a prison cell like Paul would have done without an idea that actually the work was going on because his partners, the church, were keeping going. So if you feel at all blue or lonely, God does not want you to be like that. He wants you to have a partner on earth who will commit with you to worshipping God wherever you are. So come and get someone to pray for you for that. And if there are other things, I mean, Tony, do you have, is it you that has... Um, words. Tony has some words that people were praying for and they're really helpful so listen to these. Well done. Yeah we had some uh, words and pictures from the pre 
church prayer service this morning and if these resonate with any of you please come forward to the front and there will be someone here to pray for you there was someone we felt was struggling to solve something and they felt like they were carrying a really heavy weight and the word for them was just to come and rest in the Lord so if that's you just come forward and we can pray with you someone was um, there was a picture of someone on crutches um, a support system and they were looking for various support systems when actually all they need to do is look to the father there was someone who was a picture of someone um, hiding behind a castle wall and again the Lord was saying come and take refuge in me just come and take refuge in me and the word, there's two other words, worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness and praise him in all circumstances. And the, in that last one, praise him in all circumstances, we've heard of the wonderful testimony of Nicola this morning and there is always hope in the Lord. So whatever situation or circumstances you might be in, there is always hope. Come forward this morning and, uh, and receive prayer.
Thank you.